Welcome to Amity Rose, the podcast. I'm your host, Amity Rose, a certified hypnotherapist and transformation coach here in Los Angeles. Here we will dive deep into topics like self-love, self-mastery, shadow work, and reprogramming the subconscious. This podcast is for the woman who is on a self-healing journey and is looking to embody her most powerful self. Here you will find spiritual and energetic tools so you can understand and fully integrate your human experience with your spiritual nature. I am always on the healing journey with you. Thank you for being here. Welcome, love. I'm here today with my dear friend, Adapia, and she's going to share with us her bio, and then we'll get into the juicy topics of self-healing and women's empowerment. Uh, so good to be here. So good to see you. Um, thank you for having me first, first and foremost. Uh, it's such a great service that you're providing by having people share their stories and um, there's like defining moments, which we're going to talk about. So I guess really quickly for people on, on my bio, um, I work in the investment industry. So like professional bio, I work in the investment industry. I have had a long and zigzag career of um, working through a lot of inner stuff that was holding me back from really achieving that potential and really actually accepting the career path that I chose. Um, so you can imagine there was a lot of inherent shame and guilt because there's so many really awful money messages. Um, but that's part of something that I've really, uh, overcome. And then personally, part of that journey led me to write a book called productive intuition, connecting to the subtle. And as, as you know, cause you've known me, um, before I even started writing that book, uh, the inner journey and the self-awareness and the understanding of how to connect to that inner, uh, guru, the inner guide, the higher self, whatever you want to call it, that has become a cornerstone, like a foundation practice for me. So nothing in my life happens without that connection to myself. Mm. And when I'm not connected to myself, then a whole bunch of bad kind of comes my way. <laughs> so, um, so that's just, yeah, a little bit, a little bit about me and I know we're going to dive into like the inner world. So I'm really looking forward to it. One thing that I've always complimented you on, and I want to share here is you do such a beautiful job of blending the etheric work and the inner work that we do and blending it into, you know, modern day finances and a businesswoman and an investor. And mm -hmm. usually those, ideas are separate. And I think you're such an excellent model, especially for women, women in business, and you show how you can exist in both and you can blend the two together and you can be a spiritual mm -hmm. financial advisor or an empowered <laughs> business owner, or, you know, like really the blending of the two. I think you just do it so gracefully. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Yeah. It's been quite the journey of finding how to do that for myself, because that was always like the two things were sort of bumping up against each other. And I was either in one camp or the other camp. And that was really part of the awakening that, that I went through starting in 2017, where I, I needed to find the spiritual and then integrate it back in to the, the sort of the, the life that we're told that we need to lead, right? And it's not wrong. And we all do it. We all have the conditioning. We all think we need to go for certain things and we do. And then we hit a point in our lives, usually where 
we don't understand why that's something's going wrong with that. And normally what we try to do is just like clench it, like clench onto it, which is also what I did. And then meanwhile, like you're holding on to like the, like the ledge of a cliff that, that literally is like crumbling. (laughs) You just need to let go and know that when you let go, you are supported and you're caught. Um, which of course, as control freaks, all of us are ego, you know, fear. Um, it, it just, it just won't let us do that. It's one of the scariest things to do quite honestly, um, is to be in full surrender and full, full trust. I think the other neat, you mentioned the word and, you know, awakened. And it was like, imagine if more people in their certain, um, careers were awakened and empowered. Yeah you know, what that would look like for our society, you know, to still remain where they're working, but just have that inner light turned on and that self-awareness turned on, things would radically change. So the fact that you like took a step aside, did some really deep healing, cleansing work, and then took that and integrated that back into business so that you could be a leader in business, to be an entrepreneur, but also to be very self-aware in that container and what that does. I kind of see you as a lighthouse, right? We need more people like you in the schools and the hospitals and and all in our systems. We need people that are awake and empowered and that still want to do, you know, this work. And so I I see you just kind of like as a beacon of hope and that when someone's ready too, when they are also in business, but you're like that lighthouse, right? Shiny. (laughs) Yeah. That if they ever feel the call or have questions or, you know, cause yeah. we're spiritual beings. So even though it might be dormant in people, they might yeah. suppress it, but you, it doesn't go anywhere. You are, it is what you are. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So I think to have you and, and others just in all these different sectors, I think is so critical really mm-hmm. to, you know, the evolution of the planet. Yeah. And there are, there are, there are so many this, mm. this past few years, I, I've noticed there are a lot, there are a lot of people that are waking up um, or they're sort of coming out of the spiritual closet or what, whatever it's called, they're self-optimizing. I mean, when you look and you step back and you look at it on a whole, it's all the same thing. It's just got different names. So yes. it's, it's been really amazing um, and encouraging to see the response from people and, and to see the permission we give ourselves because we all actually really want to be more of ourselves and not spend so much time and so much energy on who we're supposed to be. There's so much energy that we waste there and the stress that it creates and the anxiety and you see it in the in a lot of the mental health research that's coming out Mm. and, and just unprecedented levels of stress and anxiety and alcoholism and suicide. And it's really sad. Um and it's, it's also a call to go inward autoimmune disorders, which is, you know, something that I, um, have, have had for a really long time in my life and so much, so much. And if we don't, if we don't connect back in no amount of medication, no amount of wine, no amount of, you know, shopping therapy is going to help us with what we're actually seeking, which is a sense of inner peace. Mm. So with that, uh, intro, do you want to go into kind of your, you know, relationship with your body and the healing journey and kind of what that evolved into and, um, the precipice of where things like really started to get better and what that took? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, the relationship with my body, we, we could, 
kind of see it in, in two ways, right? Because on the one hand, like there's the, the conditioning and like the, like the mental illness of wanting to be thin and not treating my body. Right. So there's that, right. There's, I think most women probably have that something I still struggle with to some degree. Um, so, you know, definitely that Mm -hmm. I want to be part of the narrative that revolutionizes that concept. I really, that's something so clear, you know, that's something so close to my heart of changing the way women see their bodies. Yeah. And you are, you're such, you're such a beacon to me Mm. for that. Like, because there, you know, there are those days when I probably spend like more time judging my body than I do checking my email on certain days. Right. And you got it. Like we do, uh, it's quite incredible when you take the time to notice how much, like how much time, like how much energy and it's mind blowing. It's, it's or even like, how conditional it is, right? Yeah. You just automatically do it. And then you're like, what just happened? Yeah. I just judged myself. Right. All you did was yeah. like walk by a window. Oh, and it yeah. happened so fast. You're yeah. like, wait a minute. What? I didn't even get yeah. a second to like, it's just, you know, it's ingrained. It's so deep. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. sad. And it's a hard practice. Like even this, this morning I, I was working out and, um, and I made it a point in the mirror to, to be happy and grateful and loving of my body instead of like, mm-hmm. Oh, my legs are so much bigger than I want them to be. And you know, whatever that, cause I've had times in, in my life where I have been what I consider to be, or what I have a preference to look like physically. And ironically, those times in my life, and this is skinny essentially have come with illness. Um, and this thing that my body goes through where it will just shed and, and I have no control over it. Like nothing really changes. Like I've tried it in other ways where I'm okay. I'm going to eat differently. I'm going to work out differently. I'm wondering what happened emotionally and spiritually though, the shedding. Oh no, I know what it is. It's because I was shedding something else. Like I was going through a type of death cycle And so, and I'm called to cut my hair usually in these cycles. So I chop my hair off, I go get the pixie and then my body sheds, but I'm also going through insane death cycles in my life of shedding something that's no longer working. So it's a transformation. Um, And it's almost like, it's almost like clockwork and I feel it coming on. I feel, and I see, and I notice, oh, I'm going to cut my hair. I'm really feeling like I need to go back to this. And then boom. And then the body just goes with it, but externally, externally Mm. there's death and destruction. Um, So for what that's worth, I don't know, but I'm, I'm aware of that. I'm aware of that cycle and um, you know, and then there's been the illness. So I was the, the illness, which has devastated my, my body a couple of times. So I want to pause you real yeah. quick because body image is so important. I think, especially to my community, what do you do to combat or change or rewire when you find, especially on those days where it's pretty intense mm-hmm. and it's over, like, what's your practice? to Mm -hmm. recondition yourself to a place of love and acceptance. Like, what are you currently doing? What are your tools? Um, I walk away from the mirror. (laughs) Like I literally like take away the ability for myself to, 
to basically do that to myself. So like, it's like walking, like walk away from it. If you can, like, mm-hmm. um, you know, just, just kind of like stop, like distract myself with something else is essentially like the, the, the number one kind of thing. Um, because there's that physical, like action oriented, like material world part, which is the very first part for me. Um, and then I, I go focus on something else. I like, I literally, for me in those moments when it's really, really bad, uh, I also have to let it play out in a way. Um, I'm a big proponent of the, the letting go technique, which is really letting it be with you technique until it lets you go. Um, so I just, I, I let myself sit with it. I notice, um, hmm, like I will notice, like I will try to figure out what the thoughts are, what's driving it, right? Like, why am I being like this to myself right now? Is it because I'm stressed about something else? Is it like, I try to understand underneath, like mm. what, why this is happening. And then and then I need to go, I need to go center myself basically. But a lot of times, if it's really emotionally driven, usually from outside factors, or because I've noticed that like, you know, I, I haven't been eating well or, or something, or I have to find the, the initiating kind of element. And then when I can identify that element, then I can back off and, and just know that it's, it's sort of like, because of this. And then work on letting it be okay that that's there and then choosing to make slight adjustments or changes if I need to. Um, so I don't know if that helps. So I spend a lot of time trying to like root out the cause and then understanding the emotion and the reaction, like the reactivity, and then shift into a response. Yeah, that's beautiful. A lot of what I do is um, I do a lot of like preventative almost like preventative care. I'm doing so much of building myself up that when it comes around, I already feel so strong and empowered that when that conditioning or I pass that mirror, my clothes are too tight or whatever the trigger is, since I've done so much work to really build myself up to a place of like, just feeling really good about myself, Mm -hmm. this feels so small, right? right? You know, and then when I don't do this work, when I don't put in the time and the effort, when things are fine, then this feels overwhelming and gigantic, right? Like I'm just nothing because of this small trigger. So for me, I found the preventative work when things are fine, really working there and Mm -hmm. strengthening that helps those triggers stay really minuscule. And then I I can move on real quickly because I'm just rooted in a place of empowerment and love from all the affirmations, all the, I love yous, Mm. all that, you know, all that just almost filling the cup up Yeah, because the triggers will come. And if it catches you off balance, yeah, you know, (laughs) yeah, it's true. It's true. Yeah. I think that's a really important point. Like, you know, like preventative action, like everything in in the preventative space, which is a practice, which is something that is, you know, big for you and you, you teach so well, it's, it's a practice. Like it's, it's not, you know, in our society, everything is like, take a pill, take a magic pill, take the 10 steps or do the 10 steps and you will be changed forever. And, And the reality is, is that you have to take those 10 steps every day, every 30 minutes, you know, like it's a practice. It's not just, it's not just a one and done. I'm even when, when you, you know, you do your hypnosis 
Um, and it's like, fine, you can go in there. I'm, I'm sure of this. And, but you still need to take action outside of it. Right. And you still need to come back because it's not just, oh, let me get rid of this one belief this one time and I will be cured. It's there's so much underneath that it's a Pandora's box. It's like, oh, boop. I just let everything out and I have to deal with all these other things and they're going to come back and and I'm going to take on some energy and I'm going to take on some stuff and I have to go revisit this other thing. And it's, it's not ever complete. Yeah. I practice. That's what it is. It's a lifelong assignment. I thought like, um, I would just do this until I'm in my ideal body, right? Or I, if I have yeah. the size or the weight I want, right? And then I'll stop this. And then I still have not got there, right? I'm still I'm still working toward it. But I had the revelation that was like, this is a lifelong commitment. Yeah. And that happened for me last year. I realized that and I was like, I'm in, I'm in. Yeah. I may never get there, but I'm in for the journey yeah. and what I learn along the way and the tools and the wisdom and the growth and the devotion to myself and to my healing you know, the body may or may not ever materialize, but what's happening along the way is so important. That's what I signed up for. Yeah. And I, I used to give like, okay, six months, I'm going to have the body in my dreams or, you know, I'm going to eat this way for three months or, you know, programs or all that kind of stuff they sell. And I just realized that's not it. (laughs) It's a lifelong, right. Until I'm done with this body, Mm -hmm. I will be devoted to these practices. Yeah you know, and whether the body materializes or not is almost not even the point anymore. Yeah. And when the body has an intelligence of its own too, I mean, let's not forget aging. Let's not forget natural cycles. Like you, the idea, and this is for me, the idea, like when I did have my like quote unquote ideal body, the terror of it changing is real. It's like, you couldn't even enjoy it. It was terror around because I think on a certain level, I knew that, that, um, that, that, um, when I was at my thinnest or my fittest required so much work for me to be that because it wasn't my body's natural state to be like that. It required, right. Like if you think about bodybuilders or, or, you know, fitness models or what have you, it's their job to look like that. And they work at it. Like they literally work at it and that's what they have to do. And I was terrified all the time. Oh, I can't eat this because I'm, you know, tomorrow I'm going to wake up and I'm going to like, it was crazy talk in my head. It was terrifying. And it's also not natural. Nothing stays static. So again, crazy. All of, I can't even tell, we just had a transfer of energy. I mean, (laughs) I felt that land in my aura so deeply when you talked about the terror mm-hmm. that it, it's, it's almost like you can't even enjoy it. No, like, you can't. no, that's not sustainable or fun. No, it's not. <laughs> it's horrible. It's horrible. I, it, it was, <clears throat> nobody talks about this part, right? They just oh. talk about get your ideal body, right? Nobody's talking about that. Yeah. It's important. And I'm sure there's people that have the mental piece like dialed in. I didn't. I didn't have it dialed in because it wasn't how I got there. Wasn't healthy. Mm. So I think if those uh, like, it's important to have both, Yeah. Um, but you know me, I'm like an all or nothing person. So, so I'm not gonna, you know, I'm going to do something. I'm going to get there. I'm gonna get there as fast as I can. Most direct, like painful path 
because that's what I do for whatever reason in my life. Right? <laughs> Everything. I'm like, what's the most difficult way of achieving this um, is me unconsciously. Is that you have, you're on an accelerated learning path. So even though it's challenging, what happens for you, you learn in six yeah. months, what could take somebody five years, Hundred percent. you know? So there is benefits to that hard, yeah. challenging, quick path, you know? Yeah. And I laugh about it. Right. Cause I know myself and I don't, I don't think it's a bad thing. I just know that right? that's who I am. Like, I know my level of resilience. I know my level of strength. I know I have a preference not to go through um, crises. I obviously, but I have no control over a crisis hitting me. It's my preference that it doesn't happen, but I, I don't stay attached to the, you know, an outcome that I want, you know, goal goals are fine, but really you have to let go of them and trust the process. That's going to get you to the intention that's behind the goal. Right. So from that, let's go ahead and move into your talking about crisis. Yeah. Yeah. Whew. So last November, just about, just about 12 months ago, actually, mm-hmm. exactly 11 months ago, um, my body kicked into, um, a health crisis, the likes of which I have never experienced. So, um, and I was not expecting I was not expecting it. Um, didn't see it coming, even though I could have, but I'll start by saying I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease, which, which is an autoimmune disorder, um, of the small intestine and of the lining of the intestinal walls, um, when I was 16. So, um, at the time there, they were just coming out. This is like 97, just like a couple of years after, um, they came out with uh, biologic. So it's basically, um, this, medicine that gets infused into your blood and it turns off your TNF alpha inhibitor, which is the, the, the source of, um, inflammation. Uh, but it was experimental and it was just not something that was available. When I was diagnosed, I was put on insane amounts of anti-inflammatories <laughs> and, um, antibiotics, but by this insane, is back I mean, when you were 16, when I was 16, 20 grams okay. a day. Um, because it was, it was so bad. And I had, I had to have surgery and I got like 18 inches removed when I was 18 years old. Um, really like really intense, like really, really tough. It was, it's a really, it's a really challenging one. And a lot of people know about IBS and like, I can't remember the numbers, but I think it's like one in 10 people, something really high or three in 10 have IBS, which is not the same. It's not chronic and it's not incurable because autoimmune does not have a cure. It only has treatment. Um, so colitis is the other, the other one there's Crohn's and then there's colitis. Um, I managed over the years though, through diet, through stress management, and also mentally by not making it my identity. Mm. Um, I managed to basically keep it at bay. And I remember in my twenties, doctors would say, oh, you need to be on medication for maintenance. And I, and I said, look at me, I'm fine. There's nothing wrong with me. I'm not going to take medication just to be on maintenance when I have no symptoms. There's like, there's no ulceration. So, you know, I wasn't on medication. So I, I haven't been on medication since I was about 25 a really long time. Um, and I always managed it by just eating, right? Like I knew the trigger foods. I knew the things that were harmful. Um, 
I would maybe go through bouts here and there where it, it would it would flare up. Um, so so last year, um, about let me so let moved, me pause you real quick. Yeah. I have a question. What um what is a flare up like? What is that? What do you experience in the body when you yeah. have a flare up? So normally, uh, <clears throat> so normally what happens is your there's basically just like your intestines are full of ulcers. Mm. Um, and so you will basically just have a lot of diarrhea all mm. the time. You cannot digest food. You can't die like or absorb, absorb vitamins. Yeah. Um, so you have energy loss, you lose your appetite. There's like various, there's various levels of it. So it's a very, it's a very challenging, socially challenging, um, you know, like people that people that have this, like they map out where bathrooms are, wherever they go, because you never know, it might just hit, you don't even have to eat and it might just hit you don't even have to eat. And so uh, like it can, it can get really bad. Um, the people who, some people who have it in very severe forms, uh, need l live on an IV um, when it gets so bad, they need the nutrients, they right. The Cause nutrients. they're not getting any mm. zero. Yeah. And, and there's cases where you, um, the doctors cut the whole thing out and they put basically a pouch that collects the waste yeah. that comes out of your stomach. So there's, it can, it can get really intense, like in it's like when it can go all the way. So flare up will be any variation or degree of of having like diarrhea and, um, loss of nutrients, loss of energy, loss of appetite. So that's okay. a, that's a flare. Um, so last year and, and I had been, you know, largely symptom-free. I had a little bout in the summer, which is, which is, here's the thing where I didn't really pay that much attention. Um, I had a, a bout for about a month and I was and enough that I thought something's something's up and then it went away. Uh, so I, I thought, okay, you know, I took some good vitamins, like I shored up my, like my supplements and, um, and then it went away 2020 for me. And for a lot of people was a really stressful year. I had a lot going on, like just a ton going on. And I was not paying attention. I really didn't think through how much stress my body was under. I moved, right. I moved into this new home, that whole process, like sold a home, moved into this one, launched a book. Um, so much stress, so many different things going on plus work. <clears throat> so about like three days after we moved in, um, I, my body precipitated into a flare, but here's the thing. I didn't think it was the Crohn's at first because I was like, there's no way I haven't, I haven't been sick. Like this is not going on. And, and because, um, I thought I had rheumatoid arthritis. So here's what happened. So in addition to like some, like the, like, like my stomach, like my, my, you know, all the diarrhea, all of that, I couldn't move my body. And so this is like, to me, I'm like, this is not Crohn's. This is something else. Like I could not lift my arm because my bones hurt so much. Like I called a neurologist because I, I just, it didn't match my prior experience or what I knew of, of Crohn's. Um, but my bones hurt. 
I had zero strength. I couldn't lift like a cup of water. Um, Andrew, my husband would have to physically lift me out of bed because I couldn't lift myself. Like I couldn't put weight to push out. Right. I just couldn't, I couldn't get up. Um, intense pain. I've never experienced that much pain in my life. Did this come on slowly or was no. this like an overnight? No, it was basically overnight. My God. Yeah. It was basically overnight. And you know me, I'm athletic. I have like, you know, my like daily, like 90 minute power yoga practice. Like I super athletic, super strong. Um, and I remember thinking like, <laughs> this is, this is how my, this is the, the mind, right. When it doesn't want to really accept or acknowledge at first. And I thought, I thought I can't not have my yoga practice. I'm what about my handstands? Like literally like, that's what I thought. Cause that that's like, that's just me. And, and then after a while I was like, screw this, like this, this is like, screw the yoga practice. Like, I don't know what's going on. Um, but just to put it in context in four weeks, I lost 15 pounds in four weeks. I was skin and bones. Were Um, you able to eat and it was just coming out or you didn't want to eat? I could barely eat. Couldn't eat. Mm. Couldn't eat. Um, the only thing I could, the only foods that I could eat were bananas, um, boiled white rice, broth, um, stewed apples that actually stayed in the system. I know you were able to, that didn't hurt. That didn't okay. hurt. Like vegetables, fiber, not not a chance. Oh wow. not a chance. Um and I you know, the like stewed apples, because there's this, this thing about stewed apples with the pectin, which is really helpful. Um, I took I took ghee, which was super helpful. Oh my god, ghee was like a lifesaver. Um, because the first, you know, what I did again, this is me, lesson learned. I didn't call a doctor. Cause I was like, no, this is not, I just didn't like, I can't even tell you why. I don't know. I, I called an Ayurvedic practitioner, our friend Hari. And yeah. I said, Hari, I need, I need some help. This is what I'm going through. So she told me about the ghee. Um, and she told me that my body needed deep rest, but she said the word deep, like five times. She's like, deep, 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 deep rest out of Pia rest. And I was like, no, I don't understand. I am resting. And she's like, no, literally, like you, you literally do nothing. Um, and after a couple, you know, after about a week with her, she, you know, she did say, she's like, this is something far graver than what we can do together. Um, because again, I wasn't thinking it was Crohn's. I was thinking, you know, I was under some stress, but I couldn't understand like my, my bones, my, like, I couldn't understand the inflammation. My feet were swollen. I couldn't walk. Um, all my joints were painful. I remember, I remember this. She told me to do Abhyanga with the hot oil, like the self-massage. <clears throat> I could not place pressure on my body to massage. Like I could not put pressure to actually massage. I was were like, you terrified. No, I wasn't. And my body couldn't regulate temperature. So I would be freezing during the day, no matter how hot the house was, I was freezing. Then I would go to bed at night and I would sweat through like five towels a night. 
And I would wake up cold and clammy. And in the mornings, like Andrew would either, I have a sauna, as you know, would like turn the sauna on and preheat it so I could go heat up and, or a hot shower. Like I couldn't function without a hot shower because of, of, of without heat, because my body was just devastated. I mean, I was just shedding and shedding and shedding like the purge, like just purging. I don't know what I was purging, but that's what was happening to me. So I was basically debilitated. And because I couldn't eat because of the pain I was in, because I wasn't sleeping, I was in an altered state, <clears throat> which I recognize after the fact, but I yeah. was in a, basically an altered state because I would pass out during the day because I wasn't able to sleep at night. Um, and I had, I had about 10% of my life force. Like I recognize I had about 10% of my life force, which was a really profound experience because I was able to be so present. Like I have never really experienced so much love and gratitude for being alive. As my body was deteriorating, I, I had to come to terms with who I thought I was when my body was fully functional and who I'm, who I really am because I'm not my body. I'm not the able-bodied person that I was. And it was, it was a, it was a very profound experience of still being me and yet not being me. And just, and I would cry out of gratitude and I would, I wouldn't cry because I thought I was dying or that I would die, but I would, I would just, sometimes I would just weep out of just so much love for the people around me, like Andrew, my friends, people who would check in on me, like, it's still like, um, I get emotional thinking about it because I've never been so like present. And so, no, I wasn't scared. And why do you think that is like, why did he, why do you, I don't know what a gift. Yeah. I feel I fear just talking to you, like mm-hmm. about, like just hearing you speak. Yeah. My whole system is like, <gasps> I know, you know, and I knew that other people were scared. And so I, I think wanted- it's control. Like for me, I think the fear comes up with you're right. You have no yeah. control, right? You just have Zero. to surrender. Zero. I feel like the fear I feel hearing you is the thought of not knowing and not being able to control it. And that, that's not the fear of dying, but the fear of those two yeah. components. Yeah. No, it's, it's, um, it's, I, I, and I don't know, I, I would just, this is where my practice, <laughs> this is where my practices came in, but not like a conscious practice, but just the yeah. practice of noticing and of, of just, I was in so much trust and I was in acceptance because maybe I could never go back. And so that was the self-talk. If anything that I was working through was, you know, this might be it. And what if it is, and you're, you know, and what if it is, and there's no answer to what if it is. So it's like, okay, I'm going to take my life one day at a time. Um, I hate physical pain and I hate being cold. So those two things were, I was overcome by those two things. And so, um, no amount of resistance would, help me with those two things. So I had to just, you know, for whatever reason, those, those were the things that I was really dealing with. And 
and so this is going so this is going on and on and on and on eventually um eventually i get a colonoscopy so i call i finally like got called the gastroenterologist like made an appointment explained everything um and she said you know you come in for a colonoscopy now by the time <clears throat> i got a hold of this person was trying to make appointments it was like christmas um so i was like 3 weeks into it and like probably at the height of um how like how ill i was it was like one of like the worst like christmas eve um was the worst of it so um this is maybe a little bit like graphic but I remember this because it was just the most, the most pain I've ever been in, in my life. Um, so I was on the toilet. I was in excruciating pain, excruciating so much so that I was vomiting. That's how mm. much pain I was in. I was vomiting and I had asked Andrew to hold my hand because I just couldn't deal with the pain. Um, so like worst. And I, the next day, Andrew, um, he went out to, um, you know, get like Christmas food or, you know, or, or, or whatever, we're going to have like our Christmas lunch. And, um, and I remember kind of passing out for, he, he was gone for quite a little while. And like, I passed out one of my pain, I call them my pain naps and I prayed, I actually prayed for essentially what was like a Christmas miracle. I'm like, it's, you know, it's Christmas. We just had solstice. It's the beginning, you know, it's the, the rising of the sun. And, and so I prayed for a miracle and I had a vision in my passed out sleep state, wherever I was. And I had a vision that showed me that I would be okay. And then I received my first miracle, which was, I received, um, this, this, um, this mud from Northern Canada, just out of the blue. It's like, I got it on, on the 26th in the mail. Um, and it's a compound that is, an, it, they've been researching it for 20 years, but essentially it really helps people who have what I have. And you just get this thing in the mail. I'm like, what is this? It's like, I open up this container. It's like mud. They don't know what's going on. And my, one of my sisters said, I met this gentleman up in Canada where my sisters live, who has this, has this mud that he's been doing 20 years of research on studying it. It really helps you. And I asked him if he could send you some. And, and then I spoke to, I spoke to him um, the following day for like two and a half hours. He told me this whole story is amazing. Incredible. Um, within three days of starting to take just a little teaspoonful three times a day, I was starting to get better. I was starting to get better. And I thought, this is, this is amazing. This is incredible. So much so, because here I go again, a very anti-Western medicine that when I talked to my gastroenterologist, I almost wanted to call off the colonoscopy because I was like, no, I'm getting better, blah, blah, blah. Um, and, and then um, on the 6th of January, I remember this because I remember the Capitol riots and all of that energy and all of the crazy that was going on. Um, I had sort of, I started survival fat that I had been accumulating <laughs> in my opinion for the past couple of years. Um, it's real. It's real. No, it's real. And I understood something about my body during that time, which was, it knows things that, that we don't. And if it, I don't know, I mean, I wasn't going to die, but, um, if it hadn't been for that, I mean, cause of your, your body, if it doesn't have muscle anymore, it goes after your organs. 
right. I had no muscle, none. Like I lost all, all my muscle, but also like most of that fat, all of it. So she's like, you are also anemic. Um, and she's like, you, you need to eat. She, she's like, first of all, you need, you just need to eat. And, and she knows, and I know that I can't really eat. And I remember looking at her and I was like, so hold on. So you're telling a 41 year old Italian woman who's basically dieted her entire adult life that she can eat whatever she wants. I'm like, you just gave me a gift. I'm like, this is amazing. You know? And, and to me, I was like, I'm allowed to eat. Um, now, of course I couldn't eat whatever I wanted because it just does, my body just wouldn't work. But the thought of it, it just was really funny to me. Cause I was like, oh, this is amazing. You just told me I can, like, I just have like license to eat. Um, but she also said, um, you need to be prepared to lose your whole intestine. Cause we're going to have to cut it out. Um, so that was, that was, uh, that was a really, um, that was a really hard moment. Plus I was still like under the influence of anesthetics. I'd like hadn't eaten for three days. I was like, not, it's not good. Um, you know, so we came home and I, I remember going, like, I remember going to bed, um, that night and just, just kind of thinking about like, just like that really upset me. Like I was in resistance. <clears throat> I was in resistance to it. Um, and then I woke up the next morning and I started to do some like research. I started to look at, you know, people who have this, like, you know, what if it is? So I started to prepare mentally for what I thought was not possible for me. Cause I, I also thought about ask, my mud. Did she say this was like just a, a really intense, uh, connection to the Crohn's or was this something oh, it different? was definitely the Crohn's yeah no it okay. was full-on Crohn's and then she okay. explained that like the rheumatoid arthritis sort of symptoms was because the inflammation was so extensive because I mean I was doing research about lupus I was like mm. this is not Crohn's this is something else like I really just couldn't I couldn't land on on what was going on and she's like no this is definitely like the colonoscopy was like no this is definitely Crohn's it's just the okay. inflammation is so extensive that it's just gotten because it's autoimmune so it's gotten into all other kind of parts of your body I don't understand how I never knew that that was possible but apparently apparently it is because I did some more research on it but I had to come to terms, right? Like I had to prepare myself for what would be what she said I, I should be preparing for. And so I looked, I like looked up people, you know, these days, like, you know, there's people on Instagram, there's bloggers or people who talk about it. And I was like looking at them and like researching. And basically I was just mentally preparing myself for something that I thought was not possible for me. And so it was a real moment of, um, of just acceptance. Like I had to accept it. What was that? What else was I going to do? I was going to, I had to just prepare for it. And so the more I looked and the more I read about people and the more, you know, like the more I thought, okay, well, if, if I, I, I remember thinking like, if I have to, I will. Like, well, I also wasn't really aware of how bad it was until after. And so like, I didn't want to tell people, a lot of people didn't know how bad it was. Only Andrew did. 
because I just, I don't want anyone else to take what is mine. Um, and it's not about not asking for help, right? Because that's, that's a life lesson of mine as well. Um, one of the big lessons that I learned during that time is that, um, sometimes like I just have to receive it help because I just, I could do nothing on my own. And I am like, Andrew calls me misindependent. I guess there's like a country song, um, and about misindependence or misindependent. And she, he's like, that's me. Um, and it is. And so this was just such a, like through the fire of you literally cannot do anything on your own. You can't even make your own food. So, um, talk about humbling and just how aware I was of how supported I was, which is why I was never scared, which is why I just, all I could think about was making sure that others weren't burdened with worry when I knew because I always knew I was going to be okay, which is why I was actually really upset when the doctor was like, you need to be prepared for the, this, like this next piece, like if medication doesn't work for you. Um, so there was a part of me inside that always knew that I would be okay. It wasn't rational. It wasn't. Rational. And you had the vision too. And I had that vision. Yeah. It was just this like beautiful, like I woke up crying because it was so moving that I would be okay. And not coincidentally, not just okay with this, but, but okay with all of it. And, and I can't really put it into words well enough because some people might call it like ascension or whatever, um, whatever that is, but, and I don't like to give it a name and I don't like to give it, um, an identity, even that, because I don't know what it is. It just, I just knew that I would make it. Mm. And so I'll, I'll just leave it at that. Cause I don't really know how everyone wants to interpret it. And so, you know, so here I am the next morning after the colonoscopy, after doing like all this research and, and basically just coming to terms and accepting that if that was going to be my fate, quote unquote, that I, you know, whatever, bring it, I'll deal with it dealt with a lot of other things in my life like what you know I'm not going to sit there and make a big deal out of it I suppose and it's not like false bravado I mean like there was no bravado in me I had no energy <laughs> to have bravado but I did get up and I remember because like I this is a this is this is the thing that happened um because essentially like I precipitated into this like insane situation with with my body with my health but then I get out of bed and I think to myself, we need to wash the bed sheets. And I hadn't been able to do chores. Like there was no way, cause my fingers were like crow fingers, like arthritic. Like there was no way that I was stripping the bed for the past like month and a half. And I remember thinking I should strip the bed. And I heard a voice, I heard a voice that said, you can't do that. Um, you're too sick and you're too weak. And I stopped dead in my tracks. And I thought, I'm too sick and I'm too weak. And I said, no, I'm not. I said, no, no, I'm not. I'm not listening to this voice. And so I turned around and with my crow hands, it took me 10 minutes 
but I stripped the bed and I carried down these sheets um, down to the washer, uh, you know, turtle paste, whatever we got, got there um, and walked into the kitchen and Andrew was like, you look different. And he's like, there's color in your cheeks. You, there's something's changed. And I said, yeah, and I'm, I'm actually hungry. And from that day, before I was ever on medication, um, I started getting better and I made basically a V-shaped recovery before I was ever on any medication. It basically was like, and I felt it that moment that I said no, because really I said yes to myself and there's no rational, there's no mental, there's no thinking. It was a decision where something aligned and I actually felt it come into my body. This energy just, it kind of like, it, it, it kind of like froze me in place for a minute. It just consolidated me. It was just like, boom. And I made the decision. And stripping the bed as seemingly insignificant or silly mm-hmm. as that is, um, was the physical action that accompanied the energetic decision to heal. And I have all my intestines. Um, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm on the biologic now, which is, which is very helpful. I still take my mud, which is super helpful. I take all my supplements. Um, I'm working out again. I'm certainly not as strong as I used to be. Um, but that's okay. Uh, I gained back all the weight I lost and then some, and that's okay. Um, and that's been, you know, that that's really been the journey. And, And the last thing I'll say is that because it started with that, that Christmas miracle, like the solstice, like that time around Easter, I received another kind of message, which was this resurrection message, which, which is that time of, which is that time of year. And I received the insight that while I physically didn't die, um, something was dying, Mm. something died shamanically, whatever you want to call it, the purging, whatever that was, that was something that I had to go through that I was going through that. And I came back and I kind of like had that resurrection. And in fact, since about April, I've really just taken off with, with my health. Like my doctor said, she's, she said, I don't know what you are. (laughs) That same doctor who told you that it's going to have to come. So what do we have a few minutes? What do you, what do you think it was that changed the trajectory? If you can explain it in words yeah, for women, especially that might be in a similar spot health wise, like what um, occurred within you? An alignment, an alignment. I made a decision also it's a very it's very like non-spiritual I decided I there's so much power in a woman making a decision yeah it's unreal it was it I I heard that voice and the other you know and I know myself if you tell me I can't do something it's over totally I'm doing it 
so, and so that voice, and so here's the thing, that voice wasn't a bad guy. That voice was exactly what I needed to make the decision that I made. Like I needed to hear that voice say, you can't, I kind of needed that voice to say, to say, stay down. I don't stay down. And it and triggered that rebellious nature. It activated, it yeah. activated that part <laughs> of me. That's a warrior. That's, that's like, no, you did not just tell me that. Right. Like it just, there's something there in me and I needed it because that was the trigger. And I was aware enough and I took the action and I didn't think about it. I didn't think, oh, I'm going to activate the medicine Buddha or I'm going to do any, like it, there, nothing. I can speak about it in hindsight, but it was, it was just, there was no expectation, total surrender to what could have been the worst possible thing, no attachment to anything. Um, and just, a, a um, just being, being me, I just like, I, I don't really know how to put it in, in words because I guess it's like, it is what it is. And if you can accept what it is, you can make other decisions because there's nothing stopping you from a different outcome if you've already accepted the one that you think is the worst. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know if that makes sense. (laughs) It totally does. I, that's the part of the medical conversation we don't hear as much. Mm-hmm. is the emotional, the etheric, the spiritual yeah. component that goes along with our physical health. There's always a correlation. There's always a connection. Yeah. And I think also what's underrated also is when a woman makes a choice and puts her whole self behind it, because yeah. we can make choices as women, but if it's half-ass or maybe, or uh, yeah. it, it, it's not full, it's not embodied, right? But you, in that moment, you made a choice and 100% of you was behind, like there was no other option. Exactly. And I think all the other, you know, timelines fell away mm. and you jumped to a different timeline and then went full force on that. Right. But it was just our power, our energetic power. I want us to be having more conversations yeah. about, and it's not outside it's within it's always, always, always inside. Always. And you know what I just realized, actually, to go back to the very beginning when you talked about how I integrate these two, something about that experience was the was actually how I really fully integrated what was still a bit disparate for me. Mm. That was also part of this experience because what I came out of when I came out of it, there was a bunch of stuff gone thoughts, doubts, whole bunch of weird things. I had no idea. And I noticed after I'm like, Oh, I don't, that doesn't trigger me anymore. I'm not bothered by that anymore. I don't have that thought anymore. That's gone. And it's not like I was consciously working on it, but some, all of this a stuff, purging. I will never a know purging major. I don't know what else was in there, but what it did was it, it brought me together. It, this was the integration that I needed to take this next step in my whole life, in my calling with my career, because as you know, I, I'm really passionate about having women really own their wealth 
and like how to do that because I learned how to do that. And it is energetic first it's inside first, and then it's outside. But I just realized in having this conversation that that was part of it because it was a coming together. I was made whole with that decision. And, and it was so much bigger than what my physical body was going through because it's a representation of inner work and energetic work and emotional work. Um, and it's, it's, it is, it's always, it's always start within it's always find the alignment and not everyone has to go through the big crazy, like I do to get it right. And this is the thing I'm learning. I'm like, Oh, maybe not maybe, but next time it, it won't happen this way because I have more awareness of, yeah. of all of it. We don't, we don't need the crisis necessarily. It happens a lot. We don't need it. Um, we just need to be more attuned to our inner selves. Thank you so much. I know you got to go to another call. Uh, thank you so much for sharing this story. And my hope is that it just provides hope for other people on a similar journey that they know that not only is healing possible, you know, miracles are normal and the power in decision-making and getting behind full force behind that is, I mean, really can change the trajectory of someone's life. It's not a minor detail. It's really something if we can learn to harness can really take control of our life. Yeah. And interestingly, for the whole control freak in us, it's where we actually have control. It's we're not out of control. We I just got shivers when more. you said that. Yeah, one hundred percent. That is where it lies. Yes, and oh. so we actually have so much more control than we think we do when we can tap. When we can tap it, and so that also makes me feel a lot better because I'm a control freak. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I love you so much. Thank you for meeting me today. Uh, thank you for having me. Thank you for this um, beautiful conversation. Um, Absolutely. I hope we have more because I want to talk about also, I personally believe through your journey that that was lifetimes of healing, generational healings, past life, totally. cellular healing. Like it wasn't just you. I think you represented so yeah. much more and that, you know, obviously that's a conversation for another time, but that yeah, let's me. do that part too. Because okay. I, I do have the knowledge, irrational as it is, yeah, that I was clearing for the world, for the collective, for my ancestors, my hundred percent ancestors. So I would love to have that and get your perspective on it because it's not something that's a thought, it's just something that I know. Yes. Totally. Okay, cool. I will schedule part two. Yay, I can't wait. All right, love. Have a good week. Love you. Love you too. If you've enjoyed this episode, please do share it with another woman who could benefit from its message. Also, if you feel inspired, please do leave a five-star review. It helps support the show and gets our message to more women. If you're interested in becoming a client for transformational coaching or a hypnosis session, you can find me at amityrose.co to read more about what I do and how to work with me. Don't forget to add me on Instagram. I am Amity Rose for daily content and inspiration. As always, thank you for being here and I love you.